Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tonight's episode is going to be huge. The shackles are off. We're going to grab this podcast by the... Hey, 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 take it easy. All right, well, enjoy the show. Yeah! Hey, welcome back to this other wannabe. You got Alan. And Ryan. And this is, honestly, folks, take three. Uh, we have <laughs> tin cans strung up between Dripping Springs and uh, Plano, Texas. So, America. we'll find out what happens. Yeah, technology, we we're making podcasts great again. Well, I'll tell you, All I, right. we also, in the string leading from Dripping to Frisco, we also have, I think, like, Vote Trump uh, uh, streamers hanging. Yeah, you know, I, I think we got everybody. John, Do we have Trump, those? Hillary, Do we have Vote Hoosier? Do we have a write-in Hoosier on there? I, I'm trying to get the write-in vote to, you know, really do something, but it doesn't seem to uh, be working. Uh, anyways, as I send a nice full note to the technical support of our recording company here, and I'm sure they don't care, still having issues, mofos. <laughs> don't you know these four people are going to be pissed that they can't get this tomorrow? Yes. So if this sounds like it's on a walkie-talkie, we may say over, but just deal with it. All right, look, we got to get back to this real quick. Um, because we've already covered this ourselves. Last week, you guys played OU closer than I think we were expecting. You still lost the game. Charlie, by now, is out. Um, it's just a mess. Managed, I mean, look, do you think that he can save his job? Yeah, it, it, at this point with him, it's the eye test. And, and I know we weren't able to – let me just back up really quick. I, we weren't able to record last week. I had them winning, um, and I know you did not have them winning, but you had them losing. I had you losing worse. by 10. Yeah, so, and I had us winning by 7 to 10. But, um, the you know, can Charlie save his job at this point? You, you have to win – um, what are the, so what are we at now? Five games. So there's seven left. Um, uh, something like that. I'm yeah, sorry. Everything that we've had up and running is now gone. Yeah. They're two and three. They've lost three straight games. So, um, seven games left, uh, six and one is the absolute worst. You can go to even have a chance of keeping your job. And at that point, if you're going to go, I don't care if you go seven and oh, if you go seven and zero or six and one, these like anything worse than that, and it's a foregone conclusion. But um, if you're in either one of those, I think it's honestly it's going to come down to an eye test. The Big Twelve is a train wreck this year, and so I, I think it's it is truly anybody's conference right now. Um, and and you know West Virginia has a really good shot of winning. Oklahoma State has a good shot of winning. Oklahoma, Baylor. 
Texas Tech, I mean, even, you know, at, at the end of the day, Texas doesn't have a chance of winning. I mean, I don't think two losses, no way. We didn't expect that really. But um, listen, they, you know, he, he's, it, it's a, it's a combination of things, but at the end of the day, it's, He's a really great coach. I love the man to death. I really want him to be successful, wanted him to be successful. But, you know, As do I. About, he's As a I've terrible said. CEO. He's a terrible, yep. he is a terrible CEO, president, and figurehead in so much as if you're here for three years and, you know, you know expectations are high, everybody knows you were handed a bag of shit, although people, you know, have a tendency to kind of forget that as the years go on. But, People needed to realize and know that the talent level was subpar at best for what it had been the previous ten years under Mac Brown. So that's a problem. And he, and he he even gutted that you know talent pool by did. his and, you know change in the culture. So you guys were playing with so. a short hand the first the first year and a half to two years, but now you're in the third year. And, you know, this goes back to where I it think his greatest well. weakness is. It, I, I think his greatest weakness is that he has trust factors uh, when he came into the situation. You yeah. know, and that's why he kept some people on staff longer than he should have because they were his guys. Right. And I think that's ultimately come up to bite him in the butt. Oh, it absolutely has bit him in the butt. I mean, the fact that... You know, let's look back the last two years. One game in, you demote Sean Watson, who, little sidebar, if anybody happens to follow sports as closely and heard Gary Barnett's comments and criticisms on Charlie Strong, it's like, listen, dude, what you said is Where did that come from? I don't know. Where did that come from, though? That that was really weird to have happen. You know, the Herb Street thing that we talked about off air, is one thing, but Gary Barnett to come out—that was well surprising and, to me. And Herb Street, Herb Street's comments were certainly—I I think it was interesting because Herb Street's comments and the, his tone was certainly very much more pro Charlie Strong, Charlie Strong supportive. You know, Charlie Strong, yep. Urban Meyer guy. Herb Street's going to obviously be an Urban Meyer guy, but you know, regardless, I. Neither one of them are wrong in the actual things that they said, but the means and, and, and platform by which they went about it. I mean, Gary Barnett, my feeling when I heard that Gary Barnett is, yeah, dude, you're a cowardly prick. Like, you know, it, it's really yep. easy to go on a talk show and do that. But at the end of the day, how many other people have lost respect for you for saying that? And, you know, what, what, what you know, p- most people, Texas fans don't realize is, you know, last year, Charlie Strong, one game into it, demoted Sean Watson and got rid of him. Sean Watson was a Gary Barnett guy before he was a Charlie Strong guy. And uh, see, I, I'd even forgotten that. So yeah, so like early in, yeah, in his time at Colorado, Sean Watson was with him. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, here's what it comes down to. People, even you who hates Texas, you like Charlie Strong. I love Charlie yep. Strong. I want him to be the right guy. He's not using the resources around him, you know, and, and, and I, I don't want to spend as much time as we did in our take one and two, but, you know, we, <laughs> my, my issue is the lack of certainty or uh, concrete um, 
certainty, just to be redundant, the lack of certainty at, at, at the athletic director position is making things a little bit precarious right now at Texas. And I think it played a big part in the attempted Sonny Cumbie hire and in the Sterling Gilbert hire. And if Charlie Strong is, in fact, gone, which I think is very likely, and not because he's a bad person, but because at the end of the day, result when you're getting five million dollars a year, hey, when you're five million dollars a year, and you're not, and you're not, you're recruiting like a like a champ, like a boss. The recruiting has been unbelievable, and you get five million dollars a year, and you can't translate that when you're a defensive guy, and your defense is what's killing you now. That's a problem. But I think the lack, the the ambiguity at the athletic director position will prove to be harmful in the next head coach hiring. But at the end of the day, they might go 7-0 to run the table and everybody's feeling a little bit uncomfortable, like, are we really going to fire this guy? But yeah, uh, I can see you. I, I don't think you can. You can. Your schedule is just not prepared for that. And but you know, do- this conference, to your point, it could be anybody right now, well, to be I, honest I, with you. I will say this. I do believe that even when you look ahead, you might be like, what? But I do believe the hardest part of their schedule is behind them. I, I uh, believe- you know, I, I will say this, and we're going to look forward here in a little bit to this week. I don't think right now you can say that anything is harder or worse as far as, yeah, brand teams. You know what? You're right. But You're when right. you look. But you need to look at this conference this year, Lord knows. So you're absolutely, um, you're your absolutely point, right. I, I believe that the 80s situation is going to work itself out. I firmly believe that the interim tag is going to get pulled just so you guys can go and hire a you know coach and he can know that he's got somebody because it sounds like there's a lot of uh, – you know, good feelings about Perrin compared to the travesty and train wreck that was Patterson. So, I you know, you're closer than I am. I I just I see that that's the way that things are going right now because you have to make a hire. You're not going to get the saving, and anybody who thinks that is out of their mind. Yeah. Herman, I think right now, as we talked about last week. Uh, before the Navy loss, which is, well, I guess it was two weeks ago due to our technical difficulties. If if I'm him, I take the money and run right now. Uh, Now, whether it's taking the money at UT or USC or wherever, you're going to go into a, a, a situation where you have high expectations, but you're set up for the rest of your life. There's only so much of a pipeline that you can do at Houston. I firmly believe that. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, your biggest weakness, and we'll talk about this getting into it, is still the defense. The offense certainly wasn't great, but you still put up, you know, 40 points. 40 points. OU. Yeah, you had a 100-yard yeah. rusher, you know, a 200-yard rusher. Uh, yeah, I mean, but again, if you look at the offense, and I have problems with Sterling Gilbert's offensive game plan, but it's hard for me to be overly critical when you score 40 points and put up that many yards. But I felt like it was a pretty, um, um, you know, uh, I, I don't think it, it, it was a reflection of more of what you want to do versus what you should do against this defense. That's the way I felt. Uh, but, you know, I, I want to give one shout out, though, I will say to Deontay Foreman is like a, a stud 
he that dude is a complete stud, and I really like him a lot. I think Kyle Porter is going to be a star at this university, um, but I think Deontay Foreman is just so badass. Uh, I, I think he's really, really good, and if he stays healthy, he he's got a chance to be really special. He he runs. He's you know he's the closest thing to Cedric Benson that I've seen here since Cedric Benson. Which scares me for later on this season, or I guess uh, opening day for deer season for us. But, yeah, you know, things have not gone as well as we thought they were. You know, it's it's funny when you look back to that week after Notre Dame and then the week, you know, UTEP, and we knew what UTEP was. But to see how both programs, Notre Dame and UT, have gone is just, Lord, you know, you can't even – really fathom uh, where these two were at the beginning of the season. And again, folks, that's why we shouldn't look at polls, even though they're really fun to debate. Polls are meaningless until, you know, this time of year. And I think that's what the committee has gotten right, is waiting until November to release their first poll. So we'll see that. Uh, We can talk about my team. Um, I'm really disappointed in Cliff. But anybody that's calling for his head has to take a look at the fact that we went ahead and extended him two years ago all the way through 2020. He's not going anywhere. We did, our defense did come through and hold a Big 12 offense, even though it's K-State, but a Big 12 offense at 335 yards. You should win every game in the Big 12 if you hold anybody under 400. Completely agree. 100% agree. 100% agree. Now, the problem is, is, if you give up a special teams TD, a pick six, and then go uh, 0 for 4 on going for it on fourth down, especially one in your territory when it makes absolutely no sense. I don't know if there was a channeling of the old Mike Leach going on right then, uh, because that was, you know, Leach's forte was not punting and going for it. And I think if you're looking at what he's doing at Washington State and else, you know, he's gotten away from that. I think something happened with, you know, Kingsbury that he just got lost in the moment. And that I, I can't say anything against the offense. We put up a ton of yards, you know, even with a banged up quarterback over 500 something yards uh, in the air. We held him to 330 on defense and we still lost by six points. So, you know, well, it was disappointing. But it's one of those ones that basically cost us at least a couple hundred grand on bowls. And now I'm kind of wondering if we can even make a bowl this year. Well, I'll tell you this. You're going to win more games. You still play Kansas. I'll tell you this. I think TCU is a shell of themselves. Um, That is not a very good team. I'll tell you this. The, 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 The big thing with TCU is they simply do not have the talent. They do not have the skill players. And Kenny Hill is... So much crappier than Trayvon Boykin ever was. Um, and the, no, so they, you're right, but I, I think they've down one thing away from you. I, we already I played Kansas. Oh, you did. Okay. Well, that's. I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. But they, they've already. I, I think my point is. I think T, they can beat TCU. I think they can beat Baylor. Um, I, I just. I you know to your point earlier, anybody can win the Big Twelve. Texas will not win the Big Twelve. But a lot of these other teams, I think it's wide open and it's possible. Uh, to go and do it. I, I'm not going to count tech out just yet. They got a tough game coming in and maybe we can transition into that. But I think that, the, sure, sure. I, I think that the, you know, when you're Oh, for four going for it on fourth down, you're right. That's a hundred percent of coaching decision, but 
let, let's let's do a quick little sidebar for just like 15 seconds. But sure. How many times does Kansas State? Do you read the box store can box score of a Kansas State game and say, "How did these guys win this game? How is it possible that they won?" No, this I. With these what statistics? Snyder has done, as we said, what he's done twice is just amazing, and. I wanted to hate the guy, but I had the opportunity to meet him, and he's, you know, as sweet as an old man could be. I, I've heard that he works his, you know, staff very, very hard, but he delivers, and that's what he's getting paid for. So, Do you you know, think, you've seen what happens when he disappears. Yeah, it, no, you're it, it, well, it doesn't except, work. Well, except for when you're playing Texas. The um, uh, what was that guy's name? Prince, that coach who was in between. Mm-hmm. They beat the they, Buffalo they, coach. They were the catalyst to uh, to starting uh, to knock in Texas out of the Big Twelve championship game. Jesus, but the um, anyway, I think the uh, did you kiss uh, Bill Snyder on the on the head when you met him? No, I just rubbed it a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, well, I I yeah I I think that um, Texas Tech that was listen at the end of the day you know in the. Texas Tech defense deserves praise. I don't care what Kansas State's offense is historically. They, they deserve credit for that. But, you know, in this conference, if you're going to give up a pick six, if you're going to let them score 14 points um, on anything other than their offense, like, you're going to lose. You're you're 100% going to lose. So, um, anyway, I, I believe the uh, – I believe they're going to beat West Virginia. Let's transition to that. That's a very tough game. I think West Virginia, while Texas Lubbock is predominantly their home field advantage, goes up by like 672% when it's a night game versus an 11 a.m. game. Um, it's still Lubbock. a.m. is tough. still tough. Uh, yeah. They have to travel. And their body clocks, you know, the old Stanford excuse from last year. The thing is, they're ready to play. Uh, I can see us coming out somewhat flat. This game is going to come down to, again, you know, West Virginia has to, their goal is to light up the scoreboard, take as many chances as they can in the first half to take the stadium out of it because they have seen it on TV that, that the stadium will empty and then all of a sudden all you're worrying about is the 11 guys across from you and depending on the Big 12 refs, and let's be honest, that's a, a questionable group right there. You never know which way they're going to call the game. Uh, West Virginia is favored in this one, but I think Tech playing at home and after what they did, and I guarantee you that Cliff has put the game, he put that loss solely on him. I'm sure he said in the press, I didn't read the you know Avalanche Journal, but that's what a coach always does, and this time it was really true. Uh, they'll come out, but the uh, over-under at 83 is basically uh, Vegas saying, hey, good job, Tech, with that defense, but we don't believe that you can do it two weeks in a row. So I, I, I'm looking for a, you know, a shootout in the 40s, and this is going to be whoever has the ball last is going to win. 
Yeah, I, I'm going to take Tech in this game because I, I do agree that while it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, West Virginia body clock playing an hour early is going to be 11 a.m. You know, while it's noon to their bodies, it's still 11 a.m. The clocks are looking at it all day. Um, and, you know, I just I, I think Tech will be, be, will be better prepared. And I do think that this is the best team while West Virginia has played some on paper good teams, BYU, Missouri, um, Kansas State. You know, while while they, they played good teams on paper, we know that those teams are down. I give them credit because that's a great schedule for a great non-conference schedule for West Virginia. And I absolutely give them credit for that. But I think Tech will be the best team they've played. I think Tech will win this game. I'm going to say 44-40. That's my final answer. All right. Well, let's talk about your game. Uh, last year, we saw what happened after OU. You guys kicked OU's butt. Didn't happen this year. And then Iowa State, you know, you went up there, lost 24 nothing. This team, Iowa State, is playing some tough, tough games. Man. Uh, yes. You know, again, it goes back to what we were talking about. And I'm really surprised of where they've, they've hung with Baylor and Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State, T. Boone was getting ready to explode right there because that was – I believe they were up 31-7 to or something like that. And then it was all Oklahoma State. And that just basically tells me it's depth. You know, the coaches are putting them in a position to win. They basically almost – basically, they almost beat Baylor 45-42. They almost beat Oklahoma State 38-31. And now they're coming to your house, and you guys favored by 14 – that line to me is just, you know, fool's gold, but there's a reason that we say this and then both of us ended up eating our words. And uh, I'm still going to go ahead and say it is you guys will win the game. You don't cover the 14. I don't see that. Um, I would agree with you. Um, this game it makes me nervous. The one, <clears throat> the one thing that I will say that I am slightly – um, being optimistic about, uh, if I'm being real, is that there is no, real, real. And, and I don't know where Iowa State stood last year when Texas was going into this game feeling pretty good about themselves, about knocking off OU, who, by the way, was a playoff team. Um, I And they're only the loss of the year. I... Um, yep. But I, uh, I, I, I don't think Charlie Strong will have a difficult time getting the players' attention of this is not the Iowa State that you may be accustomed to when you were in high school and middle school. Um, you know, Matt Campbell, I think, is the coach, um, first-year coach there. And, man, you're right. They played tough. They played Baylor, played Oklahoma State, two teams that are in line to probably compete for the conference, I think it's fair to say. Um, they had them up and probably should have gone one and one in those games. You know, if you're being real about it, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. I think that the players will rally though. Charlie strong is an embattled coach. Probably um, you can say coaching for his life, but 
you know, where the circumstances are great coaching might not save his career, but let's, let's not be dramatic. Cause at the end of the day, he's still getting $10 million. Um, he's still I think a- this team two years ago with the, you know, shift in culture, I, I think this team would have laid down and let this loss come to them. I think you're right with Jefferson and some of the other guys, you know, they believe in Charlie and they want to play for him. It just hasn't worked out. And uh, I think just the overall talent of UT, we should not be debating this game too long. And so while I I think you guys win by seven or ten, it's going to be, I I think, a competitive game. But at the end of the day, what I will be – I'll be curious about this, though, is if I'm going to knock the Tech fans, I want to see what what DKR looks like at 6 o'clock coming off of last week. Yeah, because I would hope everybody shows up, but I'm sure there's a lot of twenty dollar tickets out there to be had. Yeah, I I, I think you're right. I, I think that's a very fair assessment. Um, I I think you know if I'm picking a score here, I'm taking like forty one, forty two to thirty eight. That something like that. I certainly would not bet on Texas to cover the spread, and I would be surprised if they did. Um, but I I think you're right. It'll be very interesting to see the fan base there, um, and I would be. Let me just say this, because I don't know if you knew this and you are somewhat familiar with this. I know you are. But Craig Way did not do the broadcast Mm -hmm. broadcast because his wife passed away. She's been battling cancer for years, evidently. I did not know this. Um, No, they kept that one pretty well hidden, I thought. Yeah, and she did, in fact, pass away. He was actually there tonight doing the uh, coaches show. And uh, anyway, just... Shout out to to uh, Craig Way, who's a, a master of that business, and you know prayers and thoughts to that family. That's a tough road to hoe. Uh, you know, you and I have our own experiences with something similar to that. Uh, so thoughts to him. He's a legend. But nevertheless, I think Texas no way covers the spread. If you're betting on Texas and Vegas, you're either ballsy or wasted. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk about the other games. The upset special I think we both agree on is potentially uh, Kansas State traveling to OU. Yeah. Uh, I am, I'm really not impressed with OU. You know, they took care of business against you guys, but we've seen what they, you know, they lose to Houston. They get destroyed by Ohio State. I don't think Kansas State is anywhere near either one of those programs, but either OU is about to do the old Texas bit where – you buckle down and then ride out, you know, a eight game streak or seven game streak, or they are going to do like every other team in the big 12 is in a struggle. I think Kansas state can do this. Yeah. Uh, OU favored by 14, but the over under is only 58 and a half. I think that is telling me they're expecting some, you know, points given by Kansas state. I just saw their special teams and their defense can do something. OU, uh, I, I think they're they're still vulnerable. I think everybody in the Big 12 is vulnerable yeah. right now. P, uh, OU is not as good as – I mean, I, I you know, I, I know we said this in our first take, uh, but I'll mention it again, is that OU <laughs> – I don't think OU is um, – like at, at the end of that Texas-Oklahoma game, uh, while, as frustrating as it was for – you know, as a diehard Texas fan that I am, it was also a – if you take a step back and look at – you know, it's not like Oklahoma's badass and we just played a really badass team like close. It's like, that's not a very good team. And it's pretty weird no. to me. You know, you, you look at, they have P Ryan, who's a really good running back. You know, if you, you know, 
I told you the stats, right? When we talked about it offline of, you know, if I told you Texas was going to have get four turnovers, was going to win special teams, only have two penalties and score 40 points, you would think, well, shit, yeah, they're going to win. The problem is they gave up a 300-yard passer, a 200-yard receiver, and a 200-yard rusher. Sorry, you're going to lose every time. And that that's exactly yep. what happened. But I um, – but, but so many of those were the big play variety, yes. and I, I think that Snyder's type of teams tend not to give up. They'll give up long drives just because they don't have the talent, but they are not going to make the big mistakes, I no, don't believe. You're 100%. But I can tell you this much, that I, I, I guarantee if I looked at the stats, you know, the the – Corners for Kansas State are going to be a lot shorter than the receivers for OU, and I think that's where they have the leg up in this. But again, you know, if Pirine goes off, it's going to be chunks here and there. It's not going to be sixty to seventy yard pops like it was against you guys, because that's just that's the UT thing right now. You're you're totally right. You're totally right. They're not going to have those opportunities. And you know, at the end of the day, if Baker Mayfield was half as good as the way he runs his mouth, um, he would win like three straight Heisman trophies. But you know, at the end of the day, yeah, he's going to screw something. He up. actually he's he's regressed this year. And Time. when we're doing our previews. I was saying that that extra year he got was just a waste. You know, that was just to prove a point for his dad. Uh, but now I'm looking at this team, and he's coming back next year. There's Dude, no doubt. There's no doubt he's coming back next year because I'll tell you what, there's not a pro team. There's a Pro teams are like, you know, maybe Cleveland or, or <laughs> I, I don't know who. Or Do you really consider them like, a pro team? Well, but they're they're – they're the ones that are most needy and they'll be like, well, sh- or San Francisco, like, well, shit, I'll draft him in the seventh round. If he's there, he's not playing pro ball. He's worse than Tim Tebow. He's there's no way he's playing. No, he, he's, he's coming he almost back. Lost that game. I mean, he, the, yep. the play. And I don't know if you watched the entire Texas game, but you know, at the end of the game when they were on defense and he ran out and tried to do that option and like fumble the ball. And it's like, God, if Texas teams weren't a bunch of morons, the defensive players or if the ball bounced right, it's like you just now you give him the ball, you know, with a minute 40 left. Anyway, yep. it was it, it was it, it was great. Anyway, I, I, I'm not a I'm not a Baker Mayfield fan. He's a typical like Travis Spoil brat. I'll say that Garrett Gilbert's a really good kid, though. Really good guy. All right. So. You're, are you going to take Kansas State with the upset or just to cover the 14? Um, you know what? Because it's the Big 12 and they're coming off the big emotional win and they needed it. I'm going to say Kansas State is going to win this game 27 to 24. All right. I'm calling. And then the, two, all right, the 230 game is I'm shocked that this one isn't higher up for the over-under. Uh, Kansas is going to Baylor. Baylor undefeated, Baylor being Baylor. Kansas is running just like Iowa State, a completely different offense. Uh, They run to the ball before the camera can actually get back to it. They're running the Baylor offense. Uh, I think this is one that could be up in the 80s. Baylor is favored by 35. And this is one where I I could still see them winning by 35. 
but it could be up in the 60s, you know, up in the 70s with Kansas putting up some points too because I think you're just going to run people. It's going to be an up-and-down ball game. I really believe that. Unless there's an injury to Kansas that I'm not aware of because I'm not on the Kansas uh, email list, I, I still think they lose. I think they'll cover the 35, but I think the over-under is going to be well over 67 points. I um... – I think that Kansas, uh, pardon the uh, pardon the uh, terminology. I think they kind of shot yeah, their right. own life in that TCU game, um, and they should have beaten TCU. I, I just, nobody I've realizes this. Times. I don't think people realize this, but that was as much of a loss for TCU as it was a win for, <laughs> as it was for a win for TCU. Oh yeah, no, it's. Uh... You know, Kansas is right there. They're ready to go. Uh, and uh, they're looking for a, a, a program-defining win. I, I I think, you know, with Baylor, it'd be You're great to it. see that be the part. It'd be great to see that as the uh, start of the demise of this team. But I think they've, you know, they'll still probably get it done. Well, yeah, I, I think Baylor's going to win this game. And I think that they're going to win bigger than we want them to. I think where Baylor's going to run into trouble is they still have Texas Tech, Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I mean, they haven't played anybody. Yep. I mean, right no, Iowa State. Iowa State's right. the best team they've played. Well, we'll find out about that. All right, you ready to get into uh, some top 25 action? Let's do this. All right, uh, 11 o'clock, we have 4-1 and one unranked North Carolina State. Going to six and zero, Clemson. Clemson by eighteen. I really don't think this is going to be much of a competition. Uh, Clemson's been it. keeping people around a little bit, I want to say. Uh, but then now I'm looking, and I'm absolutely wrong. No, they're doing what they should do. Clemson all the way. Yeah, I would you say eighteen is the line? Yeah, I'm going to say NC State covers that, but Clemson wins. All right, I'll take Clemson in the blowout. Uh, I mean, it's so well. I'm scrolling down. Nebraska going to Indiana. Nebraska by three. Uh, it, I'm shocked to see Nebraska back in the top ten, but this is what they're expecting. So, well, and, and again, th- this year in the polls, let's talk about and you know the, the big game, the two thirty game, the Alabama Tennessee. But let's yeah. let's talk for a second about these polls and you know anywhere from six to twelve. You know, I think it's a matter of, well, who else are you going to put there? Like, you can yep. take these. I mean, you said that. There's seven teams. You said that two weeks shuffle. ago, and you're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, when Texas Everybody was number, what, 11, up. remember when Texas was 11, and it was like, I don't necessarily think they're 11 either, but who the hell else are you going to put there? Yep. Uh, Nebraska right now, they have. Well, just like a lot of people, they've beaten Oregon um, close, and then they beat Northwestern. Northwestern's having a typical down year. Illinois, it's Illinois. So, but this is Indiana, so I'm really not expecting too much. I don't want to spend too much time on it just because there's not a lot uh, going on until we get to some of these later games. Um, so I'll say Nebraska covers and wins you know, against Indiana. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina – Going to Miami, another one of the uh, you know one of your top sixteen teams. Uh, Miami favored by seven. 
I think this is going to be close. Uh, you know, I think yes. maybe in college, seven is what close is these days. Uh, I like North Carolina. Miami's looking really tough. Um, North Carolina's beating Florida State, beating Pitt. They did just lose to Virginia Tech. I can see them pulling this one off. Well, Virginia Tech is also a, a ranked team that's playing well. I, I think, you know, North Carolina, I'm going to take Miami because I think Miami is playing as good as they've played in years. And it's a yep, home game. You're right. Um, I, I'm going to take Miami in this one. Uh, what did you say they're favored by seven? Yes. I would take North Carolina in the points, but I think Miami is going to win the game. Because um, I. So were you watching that? Were you watching the Miami Florida State game? Um, I saw because of I, the call. Right, I, I saw bits and pieces of it. Okay, yeah, I missed it, uh, but you know, I, I just saw on Twitter that the the you is back type of stuff as far, and it wasn't a compliment. It was uh, the U, you know, fan base and players and. They did get a horrible call uh, from what I've seen as far as, you know, ejecting a player. And that's one thing that this entire sport's got to fix is the ejecting players for targeting is just getting out of hand. Yeah. The refs are being overly sensitive, and it's really starting to impact the games in a way that the rule was not intended to do. Well, it puts the refs, it's amazing. It puts the refs in well, a tough put, situation. Well, it puts the refs in a tough situation. and. They, you know, some of them, I, I think every conference has a headquarter type place that's supposed to watch this. But what I'm trying to understand is like, okay, so who is watching this? Because I would like to have a panel of three people. Let's put a ref there, a fan there, and, you know, some neutral party of something, I don't know, that can sit there. And when you really honestly see that a ref has blown a call, it's not another refing crew that's about to sacrifice his quote-unquote brother. You can sit there and say, yeah, that was bad. When the announcers are saying it's bad and when you're seeing that everybody is saying that was a horrible call, then guess what? That was a bad call. Yeah. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, I, I want to see, you know, I'm an underdog guy, so I'll go for North Carolina, but you're right. Miami's playing incredible ball and Mark Reich, or, um, Rick is – you know, really taking that program over very quickly. Manny Diaz, dude. D coordinator extraordinaire, Manny Diaz. Oh, good. Then South Carolina can hire him next year. Uh, We talked about some of the other ones. I don't really care about Wake Forest, Florida State, but Mm -hmm. Bama at Tennessee. Let me tell you this much. Uh, Bama's favored by 13. They're on the road. You've seen Tennessee have some incredibly wonderful luck and horrible, horrible luck. Uh, there are some turnovers last week against AM that I honestly I've never seen before. I think I texted you that there is one receiver catches the ball, bobbles the ball, loses it, and in the air, you know, the safety comes up and picks it up. And that was just one of, I think, six turnovers they had. Yeah, six and they seven. still played it. Here's my deal, though. You're playing against Alabama. I think Alabama is just – they're an unbelievable team to play against, and I'm going to ride them. I think they they cover this. They you know they put another loss against Tennessee, but for Tennessee, this may just be a preview for uh, they're you know Tennessee's in the East, right? Yes. Okay, so this is a preview, I think, for the SEC championship. Well, the um, yeah, I mean they they 
you know, the, and we, we can kind of get to the Florida LSU reschedule thing if we want to. But, uh, yes, I think uh, Tennessee is probably is a precursor to that. You know, I, I think it's interesting because A&M, and, and I'm going to digress to A&M, they, they've got a bye week this week, and then they play Alabama next week. But they, um, you know, A&M has been one of these schools where you kind of watch and, like, Okay, well, they they seem to be playing better. They're winning. They're winning. You know, they they they've won some. You know, that Arkansas game they pulled away, whereas historically they played it tough. They kind of pulled away there. You know, I, I I have never been a Trevor Knight fan. I've always thought this guy had one really good game in a bowl game, and everybody thinks he's like you know Matt Leinart or something. And um, you and know, he probably is exactly Matt Leinart. He, he well, as Matt far as Leinart, pros go. Yeah, well, Matt Liner in college was great. And, you know, but in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, his just – I've always thought it was a little bit like he's still he's still working on borrowed time. He's played well this year, pretty well. Um, but <clears throat> that's my whole thing is I feel like, man, a and playing a lot better and they could really contend for this thing. And maybe they're going to kind of, you know, break through and, and get to that next level. But then it's like if you if you turn this team over six, seven times, like you should win by – three touchdowns like you're right and 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 you know at at the end of the day i i just and and you know and a&m also probably should have won the game i don't know what the guy like i like fumbled it out of the end zone or something um uh no that was the aggie that fumbled it uh that's what i mean end zone that that's what i mean but how do you but had he not done that that would have sealed the game like there's no overtime oh yeah that would have sealed the game um so you know there's part of me that wonders of you know, is A&M, are they still like kind of clinging to some of that stuff where they, cause they, they would fall apart against better competition the last couple of years. I don't know that it was a good win, a very quality win for the Aggies. I don't want to take that away, but I think Tennessee's a good team and I feel like they are just like this close to post game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.